are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Go, go, we go. are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. <laughs> You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Remember a time, a time of prosperity, a time of liberty, as when we used to take a stand for freedom, and each person made a difference. But then the world changed. Isolation came obedience, corporate evil. Well, I choose to fight back. I'm going to take a stand. Wellness is the key, and nature has our answers. Our children are our future. Switch your shopping dollars. Switch them back to Made in Canada and the USA. Take a stand. Take a stand for liberty. Visit MyLibertyStand.com that's triple w dot my liberty stand hey everybody welcome happy sunday to you we are so glad to be here with you uh we are not live today this is pre-recorded because jesse is actually she looks like she's here but she's elsewhere in another dimension i am I think I finally have gained that access, Jeff, to, you know, be two places at once. No longer do I just need to, like, you know, have eyes in the back of my head to catch my children and nefarious things. But (laughs) I can now be two places at once. And and Jesse, I guess the reason, and, and this wasn't planned, but now that I think about it, is there a portal mentioned in this chapter? Mm, we'll ah, you have to watch for it. <laughs> uh, seriously, I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah, yeah dead serious. Yep. I don't think a lot of I, I don't think. Listen, I I've studied the Book of Acts before, but I'm seeing things in scriptures that I've never seen before. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and, and by the way, since learning about portals and stuff like that. Does flying on an airplane seem even more inconvenient? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty inconvenient. I don't know. <laughs> you know, these people had to walk across the desert. You know, then finally they got on horses and chariots and stuff. We're complaining about air travel. <laughs> That's all for the discipline, Jeff. You know, the Lord just wanted them to be disciplined. <clears throat> so... Even That's angels right. have flying machines. In the book of Ezekiel it talks about the flying machines with the whirling wheels. So you have to ask if angels could use portals and why does the Lord like cause them to have to use flying machines? I don't know. Maybe he's like that parent you know, who takes, the rabbit hole. <laughs> takes away access periodically. You know, you have not behaved with your portal access, so you've lost it for two weeks. Flying machine with lights for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go to your corner of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, 
But we right. make such a great sketch with that, you know, comedy sketch, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> hey, I think we just did one. All right, <laughs> let's get into the reading of the word. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, so we've just prayed before coming on, but I want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, let your word go forward. Uh, let it sink into the souls, the spirit, the mind of everybody listening, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit transform them from the inside out and let them glean what you have for each person individually. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of doing this and we ask that your word be glorified and Father, that your Holy Spirit will work through us so we glorify you through doing this. In Jesus' name I pray. Jesse, away with the reading of the word. All right. Um, and we are in Acts chapter 8. Um, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all ex except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house to drag off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now in in some or now for some time, a man named Simon, who practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people in Samaria, he boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news and the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Peter and John placed their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostle hands, he offered them money and he said, give me this ability that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray that the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such thoughts in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel uh, in many villages in Samaria. 
But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get ready and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got ready and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians. He was in charge of all her treasure, and all, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading, was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb that is silent before its shear. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his justice was taken away. Who will describe his generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does this prophet say this? of himself or of someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road and came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And he ordered that the chariot stop and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel of all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Did you catch the portal? I did. <laughs> yeah, twice. The, the Spirit of God snatched Peter up in a whirlwind, or Philip in a whirlwind, and that would be quite an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen, I really apologize. I can't really put pause, but I just got a 911 coming in. I have to just send something off. So, Jesse, talk to the people. Bless them with your presence. All right. Yeah, so... Well, I think what I think we'll just start here with this passage and stuff and kind of give a summary. So, you know, one of the main things that I think I want to bring out is that, um, you know, that as the, the disciples started to disperse and were going through these other nations, uh, you know, you had Samaria, which was a place where the Israelites would not go. They didn't associate with the Samaritans. They saw them as, you know, dirty and unclean people because of the idol worship. And we know that uh, there were individuals that, you know, interactions that Jesus had with those Sumerians, like the Sumerian woman who was at the well. And he had prophesied that there would come a time, you know, where she would no longer, you know, be offering a drink to the Lord, but she would be um, a witness to, you know, the spirit of the living God coming through that land. So, you know, we see that, see that starting to happen now where, 
you know, Philip is one of the first evangelists to start to enter into that area. And it says that the spirit of God was on him so heavily that, you know, that the spirit, impure spirits were coming out with shrieks and that even the paralyzed and the lame were being healed. And I love the evidence of the signs, you know, how, I guess this is how you tell like the difference between, you know, a false miracle or a real one. Um, but it says there was such joy in the city, not just with the individual, but it was like because of God's work in that individual's life, uh, the city was filled with joy. So um, just powerful things, you know, the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power was moving in that place. And um, it only continued, you know, where, you know, we they start to bring up the story of Simon the sorcerer and uh, he was an individual that, you know, was highly involved in witchcraft of different forms and <laughs> go ahead. So yeah, just before we get there, I noticed in uh, when you were reading, uh, I think you missed the very first verse or part of uh, sorry, or my uh, version has something that started you st you started on on the day of the great oh, persecution right it did it cut off on my thing yes. yeah now Saul approved of putting Stephen to death because obviously that's what happened in the last chapter and that mm -hmm. is very significant here and uh, there's just a couple things when when you look at Acts chapter one uh the very first chapter, it says, you know, the Jesus instruction to the apostles was to preach in uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the rest of the world, right? Right. But they were all staying in Jerusalem, and they're pretty because Jerusalem is like this happening city. There's, you know, there's all kinds of healings. There's, it was the center of the universe at the time, and you know, I'm sure they planned to go, but things were really exciting in Jerusalem, and. So none of them had left. And, and I think one of the important lessons here, because, you know, we might be thinking, why did God let Stephen go? It's like, you know, yeah. if, uh, you know, I, I know you're all thinking, look at Jeff. He's a great man of God. And if, if the Lord took me, they'd say, why? He had so many years left. He's so youthful and energetic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would say that about you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying these. These are the rumors. <laughs> so, but, but honestly, the, the important part here is that it was because of the persecution. Now, all of a sudden, they're going out. Oh, yeah. Listen, they just stoned this guy to death. He had a face shining like an angel. They stoned him to death. <laughs> I'm out of this town. I'm going to go do what Jesus said. Right? Right. So when we see persecution because someone's effective, we don't know what God has planned for the next day or the next yeah. years. And so we really have to trust in God. But God used that persecution in many ways. And obviously, Dude. you know, uh, we introduced the, the character of Saul here and uh, and Saul is a guy who brought it to the rest of the world. So 
you know, and we know that the uh, the death of Stephen, as we're going to discover next chapter, really affected Saul. Although he was there cheering it on, he was approving it. They yeah. brought his stuff to his feet, right? So they go there, but you're right. There, it's the, it's the miracles they're doing, and uh, you know, people are the whole city is ignited. And you know, this isn't like you know, a miracle for you. It's not like uh, Oprah giving out cars. No yeah. one in the city cared about that. Only the people there got, who got a car. This, the whole city is like, the Lord is here. His spirit is moving. And yeah. uh, I, I just wanted to, I know I just kind of said what you said, yeah. Jesse, but it just, it was, it just so it's not just that receiving of the spirit, just, you know, individually or in their congregation. It's that after they received that spirit, they were going forth to other yeah. places and we're in that day and time where God is doing that exact same thing. You know, that was what um, we were down in Orlando this past week. You know, when we called people up, the Lord was saying, you know, it's time, like receive my spirit. Who's willing to go forward with a demonstration of that Holy Spirit's power? And it was so amazing, like hands down, everybody there was ready to receive. And, you know, so it's, you know, I totally agree. You've said in the past that, you know, we are literally in that time where we're living out this book of Acts again, you know, one last time before the Lord's great day of his wrath comes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, for those people who stand up, stand up, get out, start doing things, Yeah. you know, we're just podcasters here, but you know, at the same time we're standing up and we're getting the stuff out there, you know, yeah. we're, we're multi-preaching. <laughs> yeah. There's things God's called us to that we have yet to <laughs> fully. And I, I don't want to say we've embraced it, but we're kind of sometimes just along for the ride. Like, Lord, you want to take us where <laughs> what's <Yeah>. next, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and there's some really great stuff coming up, and it is in service to the Lord. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we uh, listen. We're we're not just learning and and studying this stuff with you. We're gonna live this out with you. Yeah. We're gonna live right in the real world, Jesse. <laughs> I I think that's our catchphrase. Absolutely, Jeff. I'm 100 along for that with you. All right, so just a couple, one last thing before we get to Simon. And uh, I like, in verse 7, I want to point out, for in the case of many who had unclean spirits, I'm telling you, it's not any different today. <laughs> in fact, it may have escalated, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that's good because the church doesn't really talk about unclean spirits um you know we talk about sin things like that but really what's behind that sin is that you know we're tempted by our carnal flesh we still wrestle with that through this process of salvation that we're working out and so as we struggle with that temptation for sin we always have the choice you know are we going to give in to that sin or are we going to turn away if we get, choose to give in to that sin, what happens is that we now have opened an access point or doorway. Um, spirits, in, unclean spirits, get their grounds to, 
you know, oppress us and um, basically take authority over us if we have sin in our lives. So they're always looking for every opportunity. You know, they're going to be that little still small voice, you know, as you're being tempted with that sin saying, yeah, do it, do it. You know, just just go buy that bottle of alcohol or go, you know, it's not going to hurt if you just buy one porn magazine or if you just look at one picture on a site, you know, there'll be that voice kind of behind there. But, and when but Jesse, we, I'll take it, I'll take it a little bit further because you're pointing out the obvious things that go, oh yes, that person is a sinner. But what about the upstanding person who lives next door to you, who's not saved? Does that person, and I'm just going to suggest, uh, everyone has things and, and the flesh is weak. We know that. Right. Uh, perhaps someone's addicted to food and they're gluttonous. Perhaps someone is addicted to just watching TV and they're not doing anything outside of life because they're sitting there wasting their life watching TV. Those could be unclean spirits behind that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just say it takes you away from the Lord. Anything that takes you away from the Lord, any vice, it could be even, you know, that you're looking towards coffee or other things. It could be like, you know, eating out all the time. Um, all of those things that take you away or serve as vices in your life, even cigarettes, um, you know, that you're looking to that for your comfort or for your energy or your strength instead of looking to the Lord for those things. So those can be, any vice can open that access door to those unclean spirits. Um, the good news is, you know, that, that the solution is very quick and easy. You just have to simply rebuke and turn away, confess that sin, turn away from it and cast those spirits out. And, you know, that's now, the now, that's If you're the talking to someone who's smoking for a long time, it's not that easy. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> right. But then and scripture way, tells us when, when the spirits don't want to go, you know, what do you do? Some things you have to approach through fast and prayer, which means there has to be more surrender to it to get rid of that vice. So. Yeah. But uh, just wanted to maintain, it's it's not easy. And I know many of the listeners, you know, especially of my vintage, were smoking at some point in time. Glad right. I, I don't. I'm glad I don't do cigarettes anymore because cigarettes were that was murderous to quit. Yeah, and, <sighs> and I'm not without. You know, I say that without judgment. You know, I went through a three year period, you know, on a fast from coffee, and the Lord decided to do that while I was working at a coffee shop. You know, so it's like, <laughs> I know the torture, you know, where you're like, ah, just one cup. And then you've got the customers who have to come in and be like, oh, I'm buying a cup for you too. And you're like, well, thank you, but I have to decline. <laughs> but, but you know what? I, I think it's also worth mentioning. Um, the Lord's not expecting you to be perfect when he comes back. That's right. Because guess what? You won't get there. There's always going to be something. So. Uh, sometimes it's just good to pick your personal battles and uh, and move on, unless it's really affecting your life and your ability yeah. to work with the Lord. That's you know. And I uh, think it's good to define that we weren't saying I wasn't saying necessarily smoking is a sin. 
what I was saying was that if it's a vice where you're using it for comfort or energy or relaxation or whatever it is, um, instead of turning to the Lord, that's where, you know, it's a vice. And so I wanted to clarify that. Yeah, no, no, that that's really worth clarifying. And that's good. And I think you could apply that to just about anything in your life. Yeah. You know, if, if again, if you're, we're addicted to food or you're addicted to TV, like the examples I gave, or uh, listen, some people are addicted to a hobby. You know, there's all kinds of different things. And there's nothing wrong with having a hobby. There's nothing wrong with eating food. And it's okay to watch TV. It just, you know, uh, yeah. doesn't prevent you from being with the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Doesn't take you away. Doesn't pull you into the world more than uh, towards God. And that's right. uh, those are some things. But uh, none of us will be made perfect. But let's move on to Simon because here's an interesting occultist. And he's doing magic in front of everybody. Uh, and one thing that it's worth noting is Simon was actually quite famous. Yeah. You know, not only in this town, but, you know, he was revered as kind of like a, a, a god almost, you know. Right. Um, what did it say they called him? Uh, that They called him the great power of God, even. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, you, you look at some of these illusionists today and stuff and you think, Man, that guy's got power. Well, mm -hmm. some of it's illusion, some of it isn't, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, but it's just, you know, listen, there's power in this magic that they're doing. Uh, it might be dark, but there is power. They know how to tap into stuff, you know. And uh, yeah. and so, you know, it was real then, it's real today. Just want to point that out. Uh, but, you know, so they're all paying attention to him and they're paying attention for a long time. And then, uh, you know, Philip comes in and he's preaching the good news and, you know, people are getting baptized. And, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, Simon, his uh, his show got weak because a guy came in up and hit him. Right. You know, it's like you're a bar band and uh, and the Rolling Stones come to town <laughs> or something. It's a, that's a bad analogy. But you know what I mean? It's like a, a much bigger act. God walked in. Uh, and Simon sees this and he thinks, wow, I got to have some of this. But I, I, Jesse, I get the impression he's not wanting to know God. He's wanting to know the miracles and the tricks. Well, I don't know if that was if that was really all of the case. You know, it says later he was drawn to that, but... It says, as he heard, you know, along with the people, Philip proclaiming the good news in the kingdom, that he also believed, you know, verse 13, it says, Simon himself believed and was baptized. So I think there was that initial heart response that he, he was very drawn to the truths that Philip was saying, but then it was when they, you know, it says later when he saw them laying their hands on the people and people receiving the Holy Spirit, that's when his, you know, he offered the money in yeah. exchange for the gift, you know. Yeah, let me buy, let me buy the illusion, you know, and by the way, yeah. that's what a lot of these magicians that go around and have these acts, they actually, there's like a factory, you can go and buy these illusions and yeah. And they teach you how to do it. Then you have to put a lot of practice and stuff like that. But that's what this guy was thinking because the stuff that he was doing, I'm sure took a lot of practice, Jesse. 
Uh, how often do people pull off a ritual their very first time or, uh, you know, incantation of some kind? Yeah, usually not your first time at all. So, yeah. Now, you you were pulling them off first time, but most people. I'll just, no comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll put it this way, actually. I, you know, I need to clarify that. God was working in the midst. So there was a lot of times that things did not happen that were supposed to happen. Because God and, was there. Yeah. And a lot of times they would say, you know, the negation or ground zero where everything would be neutralized. So um, the witches and the warlocks actually hated to have to do ritual prep with me because, or if they were trying to do something else, like their seances and tarot cards, they... I mean, I was not allowed to be present near any of their tarot cards. They would like hide them away as soon as they knew I was coming because whenever I was there, it just wouldn't work for them. They couldn't divine anything um, except for the time that God allowed them to see, you know, his purpose for me in the system. But so they called it like ground zero. I was kind of treated like a plague. Like when I walked in the room, magic didn't work. So <laughs> <laughs> that was the honest truth of it. You know, so imagine that having to be a kid that has to perform and make things happen. But yet you've got this plague that goes with you that every time you're in the room, nothing magical happens, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> Story of my life, Jesse. <laughs> uh, kidding, of course. Uh, so listen, here, here verse, verse 14 is really interesting. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem had heard in Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. Right. So it, 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 I think there's a lesson here because it wasn't like, okay, they've already heard it. Let's move on to the next town. No, no, no. They sent Peter and John there because now these people need some discipleship. They need more, right? Yeah. Well, you got to ask, like, were they, you know, I, I guess that's just huge. I mean, think about Peter that, you know, and the things that were happening during that time, um, you know, he was looked at as, you know, an authentic Jew. So they didn't associate, they didn't, even, you know, John, it maybe would have been a little more acceptable because he was a fisherman, but Peter was too, I guess, you know, and so you think of all the different classes in this situation and, uh, you know, for them to actually go to Samaria was a huge thing. You know, they didn't step foot in Samaria unless there was some God forsaken reason the Jews had to pass through or something. But they literally would travel extra miles oh, around to not have to go through. So for that, for these things to be happening and then Peter and John to actually willingly enter into the city was a big deal. And they came down, they prayed that they would receive the Holy Spirit for it had not actually fallen on them, simply being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They began to lay their hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying of hand of the apostles, hands he offered them money. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting here is it's Peter again 
who has that discernment, just like he had the discernment with the, uh, with the couple that, you know, sold their stuff and they mm -hmm. came back and didn't give it all. Peter had the discernment and it's going, Hey, uh, you're lying to God. Yes. I'm in your heart's not right with God. But what's cool is that, you know, a lot of people don't focus on the fact of when Peter rebukes Simon and said, you know, you won't receive it because your heart's not right with God. Simon's request is, is that of kind of repentance. He says, you know, pray for me that none of the things you have said will be what happens, you know, which means that he still wanted to receive that. He, he received that rebuke and he was getting his heart right with God. You know, he acknowledged he had been wrong in that situation. Yeah. And, uh, I have a, I have mixed views on Simon, uh, whether it was like kind of a shallow conversion or, but listen, the Lord knows. I, I pray he did get saved that day. Yeah. Uh, then let, let's get, because this is the best part, the Ethiopian. <laughs> you know, so now we have this, uh, the Ethiopian who's uh, going back. He was worshiping. He's going back to his... Uh, to his job, essentially, you know, serving Candace, the queen. And an angel of the Lord speaks to Philip and says, hey, go, go get that chariot. <laughs> and when you think about the, this, like how God orchestrates it, because, you know, first of all, he, he had Philip there. The guy's going down the chariot. He's reading Isaiah and he's reading about the death and resurrection, essentially from Isaiah the prophet. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously the Ethiopian uh, says, come on in, and they sit down, and I guess Philip's opening line was just really cool. cool. Do mm -hmm. you understand what you're reading? Right. And, and I guess he didn't, because his question was, is this prophet talking of himself or of someone else? Mm-hmm. And perfect setup, obviously, to talk about Christ. Right. Absolutely. It's a beautiful story of, you know, how the Spirit of God was really moving among those individuals and how we just need to be willing to obey. You know, Philip could have chose to say, you know, Lord, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't know who that person is. You know, it's an Ethiopian um, it's too far to walk. You know, he could have come up with a million reasons, but he, all he did was show up and, you know, I'm sure like the majority of us, he didn't even know what he was going to say, you know, until the Lord just gave him those words. Like, do you understand what you're reading? And once he put that out there, the whole conversation began and it was very non-threatening, you know, the, the spirit of God had already done the back work and prepared that per that man that ethiopian for salvation and and led him to that specific verse that would open that door for philip to preach the gospel of jesus christ to him so you know we have to in ministry remember that the lord is always with us he's always going before us and we don't need to be afraid because he's already working those you know doors he wants us to walk through ahead of time for us and you don't have to be a Bible scholar 
Uh, if you said something, even just like he said, do you understand what you're reading? It doesn't mean that you have to understand it completely. The person can say, well, no, I'm struggling with this verse. I struggle with this verse too. Let's read it together. Yeah. You know, uh, like that's and sometimes just in discussion, you, you know, it comes like sometimes just in that raw discussion, you, the Lord leads you both to that truth about it and helps you understand it. It certainly happens when we discuss it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it, but I love the enthusiasm. What prevents me from being baptized? Stop the chariot. You know, <laughs> instantly stop there. No, let's do this. And and I love that it's again the uh it's a full measure baptism. Mm -hmm. You know, they go right underwater, they baptize them, but then when they came out of the water, implying full immersion, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. <laughs> Imagine that the Ethiopian just standing there in the water alone and being like, what the heck? Where did he go? Was that an angel? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I would have thought. Was that an angel? Was it even really a dude? But in this case, it was really a dude. Right. <laughs> Interesting times. So this is like, well, maybe it wasn't a portal. Maybe it was just... I don't want to say just God, you know, here you go. Well, <laughs> it, here. it literally implies that it was the wind, that there was a whirlwind, like a tornado of fire that he, you know, picked him up on and dropped him off on. But yeah. And he goes, out oh, now, how far is Azotus from where they were? I wonder. I didn't look that up. I yeah, I didn't look that up either. I don't know how far the distance was. Well, it was it was instant, anyways. <laughs> you know, because yeah. he found himself. It's like, okay, I was just in the water. I want. Oh, Jesse. I wonder if he was dry when he arrived. <laughs> when he parked, well, of course, he parked he was in a world he walked across on dry ground. Perhaps he'd show up with fresh linens. He he was in a whirlwind, Jeff. That gets kind of windy. Of course, he was dry. <laughs> there is my answer, Jesse. You are so knowledgeable. It's all right there in scripture, Jeff. <laughs> all right there. And uh, your reading of the scripture completes it, Jesse, for me. Now you know. You know Philip <laughs> ended up with his snazzy, spiffy, dry clothes when he was done. That's right. And it, just like the dryer, it'd be kind of looked like it's ironed. It's wrinkle-free. Because it was just washed, he was in the water, comes right. out, goes in the whirlwind. <laughs> nice presentation when he shows up, he's preaching Jesus. Glowy white, I don't know. Yeah, kind of funny. <laughs> well, blessings, everyone. Uh, listen, one of the best chapters in the book of Acts, and you know, I, I know I'm a broken record, I probably say that a couple times as we go through it, but. Uh, the next chapter is actually really special uh, to me and, and really special to everyone in the Christian church because it's uh, Paul's conversion. So we'll uh, Powerful. be going through that next time. Uh, any final words, Jesse? Uh, well, I think we should just give that opportunity and say, you know, anybody out there who 
you know, if you've been in that place of wavering with your faith, um, or if you haven't come into that position of being in a uh, relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, there's no better day than today. Right. You know, don't let it pass you by. Um, you know, even the sorcerers and the Ethiopians believed and were baptized. So I would just encourage, you know, if you haven't done that, you know, just say a very simple prayer, Lord, you know, I believe that you came, that you died for my sins, that you rose again uh, so that I may have eternal life. And, you know, I thank you for that shedding of your blood that washes all of my sins clean. And I ask that you would um, come into my life today and that today would be the day we begin the relationship together. And just pray that in Jesus' powerful name. So if you prayed that prayer with us today, uh, if you've rededicated your life, uh, please reach out, let us know. And Jeff, why don't you tell them where they can let yeah, us know? Well, you put something in the comments. It's good to make a public statement of faith. Just put it in the comments, not in the chat, because the chat disappears, but in the comments. But also, uh, I'd love for you to send an email to writeonjeff at gmail.com. And just so uh, we can pray for you. Uh, really, really uh, appreciate it. And, and Jesse, by the way, when I know that there was at least one or two people that said that prayer with you. I just I felt it as you were saying it. Yeah. Even though we're doing this in the future. It doesn't matter. God, time doesn't exist. Um, God is the God of all things. I really, really felt that there, someone said that prayer with you. So I'm glad you went there. Hey, listen, everybody. God bless you. We'll see you next week on Acts Sunday. And remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.